Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Sampo Heron. What? Uh, <laughs> I'm Jeff uh, Teddy Bear Kowalski. <laughs> I'm Louisa. The salt and gold come out of these ports. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's I couldn't stop thinking of Sampo after you said it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so for people like Jeff who don't know, before we started recording, we were talking about the Mystery Science Theater movie The Day the Earth Froze, which in Finland is called Sampo. Yeah. Um, the Sampo is a magical MacGuffin from Finnish epic poetry. It's essentially uh, exactly the same as a cornucopia. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'd never really thought of that. And yeah. when I was looking, so when I watched this movie with my wife this past week, she asked rightly, what is a Sampo? <laughs> And there's, I, we tried to figure out the actual answer, and of course there is no real answer, but yeah. apparently it is a mythical talisman that provides plenty to anyone who has it. Yes. Um, in the movie, that is translated into it being a big vending machine that when you push the button, like, uh, wheat or salt comes out of chutes all over it. <laughs> it's just kind of like a little craggy, melted metal mountain, really, in, in that movie. Yeah, it has, like, a weird crystalline top that then gets stolen, the rainbow dome of the Sampo. Yeah, true. Oh, oh fairy tales are great, huh? <laughs> no, they're all bad. <laughs> The thing that's so funny is that I feel like I in like inherently just take as read so many things from the fairy tales I grew up with that are at least as crazy as the Sampo. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, everyone wants that golden fleece. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. That, um, well, that's the thing, and uh, modern movies try to explain things like that too much, but you kind of need to go into a lot of stories with just saying, everyone wants this, and you don't have to think any more about it. That's the important thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the concept of a MacGuffin. I guess yes. the thing that is baffling in specifically the movie The Day the Earth Froze is the fact that everyone is constantly talking about how much they want the Sampo, yeah. and like no one ever says what they're going to do with it. <laughs> Yes. Even the witch who ends up getting it just sort of makes infinite gold and gives it to her troll wizards, I guess? Yeah, well, wouldn't you? You gotta spread it around. You gotta keep people I, happy. Why? If you have infinite gold, why do you need those troll wizards anymore? <laughs> mm, I don't know. They could kill you if they wanted to. That's the problem. They, they always could kill you. Yeah, you gotta keep them happy. They're all tiny, though. Uh, yeah, but there's many of them. According- I'd like to talk to you about unions. <laughs> 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 Together we stand. Uh, according yeah, to yeah. the Arne Thompson Uther Index, which is a catalog of folk tales, the Sampo mm -hmm. is belongs to tale type 565, oh. uh, which refers to a magic mill that continuously produces food or salt, such as okay. in Streganona. What are the other things in that category? The cornucopia, Streganona. Yeah. Um, okay. Streganona is a person. Yeah, her magic. Right. No, the fairy tale. She has that pot that makes spaghetti. Yes. Okay, Streganona's pot makes yes. sense. You can't be like uh, Jack Skellington. Also, could produce salt. Didn't come up much. <laughs> um, I can produce salt. Listen. <laughs> yeah. Give me an hour. I can get you some salt. Yeah. Give me a an onion or a sad movie and a dehydrator. I'll get you some salt. Uh, the Japanese folktale Shio Fuki Usu has a grindstone that can be used to create anything. Hmm. hmm. All I know in that is Fuki or Fuku means lucky, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess that makes sense. Okay. 
Lots of things in Japanese mean lots of things, so... That's fair. <laughs> uh, and the cornucopia, of course. You said that one twice, but it is the best one, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. well, I had to make sure there was plenty of it. I mean, it represents Thanksgiving, the best holiday. You ever hear about mm, how controversial. Manna, Manna, which is always represented for, like, kids' stories and the cursory knowledge I have of biblical stuff as being, like, bread from heaven. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the text, it's actually, like, some kind of honey substance that collects mm. on the grass, like, dew as white crystals, and that's what kept them alive. Oh, really? That's I fucking thought it was, crazy! I thought it was, like, a blue liquid that came in little flasks. Ooh. <laughs> this is far more interesting and insane, because <laughs> what could mana possibly be? I don't know, but Louisa, you're really uncovering the secrets of this mana. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop doing this show forever. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Jeff, what'd you do this week? Um, I did a couple things. One is I got a VR helmet, but you already talked Ooh. about that last week. Yeah. Um, but you want to do different reality. things with it, I'm sure, right? Uh, I guess. I mean, I want to play video games and watch movies with it. Those are the things that you can do with a VR helmet. Yeah, but you guys like different games, is what I was getting at. Mm. That's certainly true. Yeah, have you played tr- Beat Saber? Uh, no, I have the demo for it, but um, I haven't played it yet. Everyone, when I got mine, everyone was like, you gotta play Beat Saber. It's not that good. Play it every <laughs> other game. Every other game is good. Uh, yeah, I went into, um, I, I went straight to the source for my lightsaber action, and I got Vader Immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, the first episode, uh, there's three episodes, each of them is $10. The first one, uh, was only like an hour long, which I guess is fine. Um, yeah, I find the pacing in VR games in general to be, uh, actually pretty good because no one wants to wear a VR helmet for more than an hour. Yeah. So it's nice that it's a game system where they're like, hey, we know you don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) We're going to take a break. You take a break too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing I did was I, I bought what, uh, well, I bought it a long time ago, but it finally came out. I got What the Golf on Nintendo Switch. Oh, I heard that one's good. That's the, like, super crazy one where you, like, throw golf clubs into holes and explode the world and stuff, right? Uh Uh-huh. Hold on. First of all, is that first one a game where you're Darth Vader, but Darth Vader is the hero? Uh, no. You get captured by the Empire, and Darth Vader's like, I need you to solve this special puzzle for me that only you can solve. (laughs) That sounds like a Professor Layton game. Yeah, I'm gonna kill everybody unless you can solve it. Uh, have you seen Darth Vader behind that mask? Because he looks a lot like <laughs> Professor Layton. It's uh, it's very weird to be in VR. Oh, hold next on, to- you're blowing my mind because Professor Layton's uh, uh, sidekick is named Luke. Uh-huh. Whoa! Yeah, just like Darth Vader's sidekick is named yeah. Luke. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. Um. Luke really wants to emulate Professor Layton, so... Mm-hmm. I, um... What was I gonna say? Oh, it's really freaky to uh, go into a virtual world and stand next to Darth Vader, who's six and a half feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks right up to you in VR, and it's, it's very intimidating. It's a really powerful effect. Yeah. Yep. Did he choke you? Uh, no, he was very nice to me. Okay. This is the thing that I was talking about yesterday, is uh, the issue with VR at this point in history is the fact that the only real way you can interact with VR worlds is with, like, 
either a, a, a wand or with a gun because it really breaks the illusion if you talk to a person and they like poke you, but their finger, you can't feel it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have to be quite far away from everyone or else you're instantly like, wait, this is bullshit. Everything's bullshit. Yeah, if now, you- what if there was a VR peripheral that was a suit that you'd wear that it was filled with air bladders? Yes, and then I would love that. And the pressure of them so you I would also up. love that. And not for the reasons <laughs> you guys think I would. Uh, that's where they would make their money, though, be fair. Of course. <laughs> Louisa, if that suit, let's say that suit had one air pocket every square inch, yep. the the genital region would have one <laughs> one thousand air pockets per square inch. Ooh, yeah, it's just like nerve endings. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, these are good ideas. Who's working on this? Nobody, probably. Um, probably Real Doll. MIT, maybe. Sure. Yeah, MIT and Real Doll are doing a collab. <laughs> Yeah, if you do a Venn diagram, that's where they overlap. <laughs> VR sex suits. Abyss Creations, that's the company. My friend is the, uh, the I guess, social media manager for that company. For which country? company? For Abyss Creations, who makes the real doll. Oh, weird. Huh. Yeah, I forgot the um uh, name of the company, but they make more than the real doll. They also make dildos shaped like dragons and stuff. Being social, what did you say they were a social media person for them? Yeah, I guess the social media manager. I'm not uh, 100% sure what the title is, but they run Ken- the Instagram. That sounds like psychological torture. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were also in the Netflix documentary about real dolls because huh. they're like the PR person. Weird. Could this person, who I do not know... Uh, get virally popular by making starting some Twitter beef between the dildos. <laughs> Do the dildos have their own accounts? <laughs> uh, yeah, or just just tweet a, like a picture of the dildo with their dialogue saying what's going on. <laughs> Here's what um, I want. Do I it like UFC, where they're like, I'm going to destroy this butthole and you can't stop me. <laughs> yeah, I want to start a whole, like, pro-wrestling Twitter feud uh, yes. among the different, the various real dolls. Yeah, real yeah. dolls or dildos or both. You're like, this is a great idea. This is, you guys heard about that, that cowboy museum guy? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, good um, job. We both hit the same intonation at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a very famous uh, thing that happened on Twitter and Instagram a couple weeks ago uh, when the the viral lockdown first began, where the people in charge of social media for the National Cowboy Museum in New Mexico, I guess, um, gave the password and stuff to the security guard because he was the only person allowed in the building. Uh, And he started (laughs) tweeting out, like, selfies of himself with the exhibits talking about how he was enjoying uh, being a cowboy and living around the cowboy stuff and things. And it was very charming. And he was very bad at at social media, which made it so good. Um, And it became a whole, like, huge viral sensation. Oh, that's sweet. I thought it was going to be something horrible. Huh. No, no, it, it was great. They, like, th- uh, everyone in the country was like, you need to give this man a raise, and then they did. <laughs> wow. Well, wow. That was a very good story that actually ended with and then uh, I found $5 and everyone clapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, did, uh, what did you do this week, Louisa? Is that all you gotta say about VR? 
Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say about VR. I've been playing more What the Golf, to be honest, uh, and we already touched on everything about it, which is, it's a crazy golf game where you golf stuff that isn't golf balls. Do, I want to ask, do either of you, um, have a problem with motion sickness, like they say some people might get from VR? I was, I was actually talking with Jeff about this before we began, so, for anyone who doesn't know, Jeff and I both have the Oculus Quest, which is the new, uh, VR headset that everyone likes because it doesn't need to be connected to a computer. You can just walk around mm-hmm. and it, it, there are no cables or anything. Uh-oh. Yeah, it, it pretty radically shifts the idea of a VR gaming uh, helmet a gaming headset from being an accessory for a very high-powered gaming PC to being a standalone device like the Switch or the 3DS. Hmm, Yeah, and funnily enough, when I was looking into it, the computing power in the headset is only about as good as a standard smartphone. Yeah, (laughs) it has the same chip hardware, but like... It all is just working on making the the graphics very good because the games are not that complicated. So yeah, much like a um, much like the Switch, it is basically like a souped up Android tablet. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, well- but it, but anyway, my point was um, the there is an option to tether your headset to a computer and let the computer be the like the the workhorse of the thing, mm-hmm. which allows you to play much more complicated games. And I've tried that a few times, but most of those games require you to move around with a controller instead of walking around. Uh. Um, and my god, that made me so nauseous. I played Subnautica, oh, okay. which I already owned, um, but like just moving up and down was fine, but turning side to side with the stick, I was just like, oh god. <laughs> So I guess uh, nowadays ones where you move around more, that helps your inner ear uh, juices <laughs> move on their own so then you don't get sick. That's good to know. I mean, I think it's also the way that most of the games I've played have worked is you walk around a small, like, six-foot square area in mm-hmm. the world, the game world, and then if you want to move from one six-foot square area to another, you, like, point at it, and then you teleport there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you, you aren't actually traversing a long distance uh, without teleporting. Yeah, the, ap- the option I found that worked best in the Darth Vader game was um, I cleared out, uh, I guess, about seven by seven foot space in my living room because uh, it recommended at least six and a half by six and a half feet mm-hmm. um, and then whenever I would reach the edge of that space which the headset would warn me about um, I would rotate my character using the control stick uh, so I could continue walking in that direction and mm-hmm. that would make me feel slightly dizzy um, but <laughs> I, I never got past the like oh no I forgot that I get car sick when I read in the car so I read for a minute and then stopped type of queasiness. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. <clears throat> yeah, the I actually really like the way that games are dealing with this with the teleporting thing because it makes you feel like you are uh, able to explore fully the small area you can explore so that they can put a lot of fun bullshit in the background, but you don't have to worry about it yeah. being part of the game. Yeah. <clears throat> what is... Um, there's There was that game that I think Griffin was talking about it on the Besties a while ago, like before they were Spotify a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a space game where you pull yourself around a spaceship instead yes, of walking. Lone, Ec- 
Lone Echo, right. it's called. I want to play that one. That one is only it's available only if you yeah. tether your headset, which, again, I'm nervous about doing. Are they are there um, VR games that are tied to a specific platform, or are they mostly just sort of a la carte? No, there are VR games. So, basically, the divide right now is there's P- PlayStation VR, which connects to your PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. um, and they have some exclusive games just for them. And then mm-hmm. there's PC-based VR... And if you are smart, you can play all the PC-based VR games on all the headsets, but sometimes it requires some finagling. So, like, Steam has their own VR headset, and you can't play Steam games on an Oculus headset, but you can if you have a desktop simulator installed on your headset to trick it into thinking it's a Steam headset. So there are ways around it, basically. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty good. I'm glad it's come a long way, like you say, not down to a computer. Yep. And cheaper and uh, not causing so much motion sickness. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I think that we, Jeff and I, are the, like, first pebbles of the avalanche of VR becoming more mainstream. Like, we are definitely not the first first wave of early adopters on anything, but we are both people who care a lot about games and also are very interested in making technology work. Yeah, I'd say you guys are both on the end of the spectrum of just regular people who like tech stuff. Yeah, so exactly. It's uh, going to slide down, I'm sure, more to more regular people who like tech stuff less. What's right. very cool about this is you can just buy it, put it on your head, turn it on, and never, ever worry about hooking it up to a computer <laughs> or doing anything complicated if you don't want to. That's really yes. good. Yeah, I mean, like... Yes, the headset is $400, but most gaming consoles are about that much anyway. And I bought like, the more expensive one. I needed more storage. I'm a fool. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that much storage. If you get the, the cheaper one, you just delete games when you aren't playing them, and then you can just reinstall them in takes 10 minutes. <sighs> oh, well. <laughs> um, but that's fine. It's only a $100 difference. But my point is, like, if you are at all curious about VR, it's so easy to use now. Yeah. And if you've got the money, just try it. It's I was gonna, great. I was going to say, obviously not right now with the way the world is, but it mm-hmm. seems like the kind of thing that you could try at a, at a party and people probably would. And then you might yes. decide, oh, yeah, maybe I want to get one, too. Yeah, I feel like... There's a couple as- party games that like you can play with one person with the helmet on and everyone else not. <laughs> yes, and, and as people like Jeff and I get them and then show them to to other people, yeah. more and more people. Because the one of the big trepidations I had about getting one was like, I've never <laughs> seen this in use. Is this gonna suck ass? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I took the plunge, and I'm glad I did, and I feel like now... All of my friends, like, I recommended it to Jeff, and then he got one. All of my friends could ask me, like, hey, does this suck ass? And then I could tell them, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely a help. Uh, the computer, like, slowed down for just a second when you said trepidations, and it sounded like you said trepanations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, when they put that port in the back of your head, it really yeah. does suck. It's only oh, a matter man. of time. <laughs> no, that's the best part, because then you know kung fu. <laughs> True. 
Uh, anyway, so Jeff asked me what I did this week. Um, my usuals. But I made flan for the first time. Ooh. Like, from scratch. I've made it before from a mix, which is kind of like jello, I guess. Like, making jello. And mm-hmm. you don't realize how much it is like jello until you have a real one, which I hadn't until this. Um, I made one that had a custard of eggs and milk and cream. And it was cooked in a slow cooker, which... Uh, seems weird, but it actually achieves exactly what you want, which is low heat for a long time. So you basically used the slow cooker to simulate a Ban Marie, right? Yes, that's correct. Got it. Yep. And that's oh. one of those Vietnamese sandwiches? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, little meatballs and um, were packed all around. <laughs> okay, so I have a very specific to you and me question to ask you about this, Louisa. Yeah. Our father, as we were growing up- Who are in only- heaven, hallowed yeah, be thy name. <laughs> only knew how to make one dessert, yeah. and that dessert was flan. Yes, and he really liked it. But he, liked and the he kind of really mix. liked it. Here's my question: How do you not loathe flan? <laughs> because I love caramel and creme brulee and panna cotta. Ugh. I can't even imagine eating flan. It makes me feel so (laughs) gross because literally, I don't know, three times a week when we were kids, we would have flan for dessert. (laughs) That's fair. I didn't mind it as much as you did, I guess. But uh, this one is very different. It has a really rich texture. Uh, It is like creme brulee or panna cotta. I'm sure making it from scratch is better. I mean, he definitely made it from the powdered mix. And I just remember the sound of it splorching out of mugs (laughs) onto a plate. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, but this one is very good. I forgot how good it is to have that thin water caramel that's uh, very slightly bitter. That's really nice with something creamy. Yeah, that's so popular in, like, Central American desserts, and mm-hmm. I wonder why it hasn't caught on elsewhere. I know I it's mean, big in Spain and Italy. They, yeah, they really like that, a bitter contrast, like coffee that or something. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have something like that in Costa Rica? I did. So, I mean, I, I like tres leches cakes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had it many times when I was in Costa Rica. And a lot of the time they would have that, like, thin, straw colored caramel. Uh, sauce on the Trace Leches cake, which is a great combo. Mm. And I mean, I'm talking a big game, but a Trace Leches cake is just a flan with flour cooked into it. <laughs> yeah, and a tiramisu is just a cup of uh, coffee with flour in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> tiramisu is just, every time you uh, get a coffee and you dunk a, like a, a biscotti into it and then the end falls off and drops into your cup, <laughs> now you have tiramisu. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is a lot of fun to do, and because uh, I made it in a loaf pan, it was a big nine by five inch piece, so it was fun to get it out of that pan. <laughs> it, it fell out really satisfying. Did it splorch? A little bit, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh no. but it was very good, and I recommend it. And I recommend for everybody to try something you haven't ever tried before right now. Because it's mm. fun, the whole process of it, and then enjoying it afterwards, whatever you learned. It's a really um, good distraction from life. Yeah, unless you're our friend Holly, who keeps trying new cooking things, and they <laughs> always turn out very poorly for her. The oh. thing is, Holly could be a good cook if she just started small, but she yeah. keeps on doing, like, oh, I guess I want to try cooking. I guess I'll try to make, like, beef wellington. <laughs> Yeah. Like, well, if you shoot for the moon, you'll land among the stars. You won't. <laughs> if you shoot for a moon in a rocket, then you've never tried to make a rocket before. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you'll, you'll end up among the stars, by which we mean blown up. 
It's if if you shoot from the moon, you land among the stars. But turning out more like if you build a rocket to try and prove that the Earth is flat, it'll explode and kill you. <laughs> See, I mean, we're talking now to someone who's not listening. But what I really want Harley to do is because she, she's interested in fitness and health, and I I know she likes um like Pinterest and Instagram type of stuff. I really want her to to learn how to like sear a piece of fish really well, and then just make it with a nice salad because that looks amazing, tastes amazing, and is real easy. Yeah, I'm going to make a ratatouille today after this. I'm so excited, Mm. and it's so easy to do, especially now that I got a, like, hand-crank automatic vegetable slicer. I mean, the the, one of the big things about it is getting to the point where you know enough to be able to use the tools that will help you do better at cooking. Yes. By which I mean, I'm going to be making uh, Asian braised short ribs for dinner tonight, which is sounds quite daunting, but I know enough to know to just, like, how to use the pressure cooker to just do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not hard, yep. but you do need to know, uh, like, the very basics, like, you need to sear your meat ahead of time, and you need to let it dry out in the oven a little bit afterwards, and all of that stuff that, that I do without thinking about, but you, you need to learn those fundamentals before yeah. you can get there. Yeah, I'm really happy with the way I cook steak, and I haven't used a recipe in, like, ten years, but it took me a very long time to get to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still sometimes when I make steak on the grill will be like, like nine times out of ten, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing and it came out exactly the way I want. And then one of those times out of ten, I'll, it'll just be like five times more overdone than I wanted it to be. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. how? How? <laughs> yeah. I, know I did the mean. same thing, I thought. Yeah. Something that helped me with cooking also is, uh, I think... Matt, you and I were kind of raised with the idea that you you just become a good cook and then you just never need to pay attention to anything but your own instincts, which I think mm-hmm. is bad advice. And yes. something that helps me is something you're trying to really get right, eggs, fish, steak, time it every time. And I do, because I don't have a good enough sense of time to know when to change it ever. I also think that cooking is a lot like jazz, which is probably the bougiest sentence I've ever said in my life. Yeah, but- it's about the food you don't make. No, shut up! <laughs> we're not making that joke anymore. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Over. Um, no, but what I mean is when I was in middle school and I joined the jazz band and everyone was like, jazz is just playing random notes. Uh-huh. And then I was very bad at jazz band and dropped out. Yep. The reason is, it's not that. What it is, is you need to know how to play all the other music so good that, like, you just reflexively play the right note (laughs) at the right time. It's like a professional Um, chef making an omelet. You have to really know omelets first. Yeah, Yeah. and so, like, I feel, I don't know if you guys are, I mean, I know Jeff feels this way, I don't know if Louisa does, but Mm -hmm. I'm I'm at the point now where, even if I'm making a, a dish for the first time, I read the recipe, and then I'm like... I get what's happening here. I can do this better. And then I do. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't need to follow a recipe. The recipe gives me the idea. And then I'm like, hey, real simple. You're afraid of things tasting good. So yes. I'm going to make mine taste good. <laughs> you're going to yeah. melt this butter, but not brown it. Are you crazy? Yes. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I will yep. occasionally um, modify recipes. Like I've gotten to the point where every bread recipe is like, this makes uh, an army's worth of bread. You get... <laughs> 5,000 tortillas out of this recipe, and I'm like, I'm gonna cut this recipe a little bit and <laughs> yes. swap the, swap the salt out for, like, adobo or something if I'm doing a, yeah. a, a bread. I think that's nice. Yeah, that's yeah I mean, it, it, what's nice is when you can say, I wanna make something that 
that I don't think a recipe exists for, but yeah. if I have a recipe for the brioche dough and I have a recipe for jalapeno cheddar filling, I can put these together and I understand how they'll interact with one another. Yeah, that is a good feeling. Yep. Um, speaking of which, Louisa asked me what I did this week. <laughs> I opened my mouth to do it and you interrupted me. Okay. Ah, got him. Uh, so Matt, uh, what did you do this week? So I finally received my meat grinder that I ordered, uh, and I'm in the process right now of making um, pork sausages. Ooh. I'm trying to make specifically chipolatas. Ch- chipolatas yes, is that how you pronounce that? That's correct. Uh, did you get skins? I did. I have both sheep and hog casing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to start with sheep because I like my sausages a little thinner. Yeah, I um, agree. But some people like a big old sausage. And I might try <laughs> to make kielbasa later in the Shut week, up, in which case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in which case, I'll be happy to have that hog casing if I do. <laughs> Okay. Well, <laughs> Jeff can't be How far are we going to get to this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, you just can't say big old sausage and hog casing and not expect to laugh at that. I can, I can expect that, Jeff, because we're talking about cooking. Right, but it's like you're, it's like you're antagonizing me on purpose. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes. um, but. One of the things that I found, I did a lot, a lot, a lot of research about making Cumberland sausage at home. Yes. And one of the things that I found is that it's, like, very right, vital to have rusk as an oh, ingredient, yeah. which is not a thing that exists in the, on this continent. Or in the world, because I've never heard of it. You can make yeah, it. Yeah, and Jeff, you, if you haven't heard of it, it doesn't exist. Yes, fact. <laughs> Um, rusk is a very bad English, I want to say biscuit, but that is too much credit. It's just, if you bake the glue that you make from making flour and water (laughs) mixed together. It's a bread. (laughs) Let's just say it's a bread. Yeah, it says a twice-baked bread on Wikipedia, or a hard, dry biscuit. Yes, imagine if you had biscotti, but you didn't put any sugar or flavoring in it. (laughs) Yeah. That is what it is. Rusks are often given to babies who are teething. Yes. Yeah. Um, but apparently, according to all the research I did, the reason it's important is because something about rusk makes it that the breadcrumbs you make from rusk absorb three times as much liquid as the breadcrumbs from just about any other kind of bread. Hmm. Um, and so when you make chipolatas, if you put rusk breadcrumbs in them, then they will retain their juices better. Now, uh, is it just because they're toasted? Could you get the same results from like a toasted panko is what I'm wondering. No. So apparently what it is, is because you are baking... Uh, it's basically just flour and baking powder mixed together with water and then baked. Mm-hmm. And the ways in which the flour molecules fit together with the baking soda molecules, okay. or baking powder molecules, excuse me, uh, makes more places for lick water to bind to them chemically. Okay, so you're making so, your own rusks. I did. I made my own Ooh. rusks last night, and they are currently stalefying on my kitchen counter <laughs> so that I can make uh, breadcrumbs from them this evening. Uh, so tell me how you feel about this line on the Wikipedia page for <laughs> rusk. Okay. Uh, in the U.S., commonly available types of rusk include Melba toast, which is sold packaged in grocery stores, mm. croutons, 
and biscotti, which are found both at grocery stores and at coffee shops or cafes. I mean, technically, they're all the same type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I if the maybe I don't understand the categorization of rusk, and if rusk does just mean any twice baked bread, then fine, that I, all fits. I know something strange. We've talked a million times about how foods get exactly the same name, even though they're totally different things. Yes, but I know Looking at you macaroons. Go on. Uh, on the Indian subcontinent, uh, rusks, I guess it's because of imperialism that they're called rusks, but they're more like a biscotti. Like, they're a very sweet cookie that you would have with uh, tea. Mm. So it has mm. the same name, but it's not the same thing at all. Strange. Yep. Well, anyway, I needed the kind that don't taste like anything so that they can soak up all that hog fat. Yeah! <laughs> yeah Pretty <yeah>. good. <laughs> also, I looked everywhere and I could not find fat back, so I had to get salt pork instead. It's probably okay, huh? They're pretty much the same, as far as I can tell, but I really wanted to get that fat back. Yeah. Oh, it'll be so exciting when you're trying to, uh, <laughs> when you're gonna need five hands to do this work of feeding the sausage through the machine into the casing and trying to twist them. Yes. <laughs> that That is actually the part I'm least worried about. I've always been pretty good at that kind of manual, like, dexterity stuff. Mm -hmm. The thing that I'm most, most worried about is grinding the meat through the plates and it all just coming out as a mush. Yes. I don't know that that's going to happen, but that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Matt, you want it to come out as a mush. You've yeah. had sausage before, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't want it to be just goo. Well, for a lot of sausages, you do, actually. <laughs> Only, like, hot dogs. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I guess you don't want the yeah, you don't want the uniformity of a hot dog. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of Italian ones are like that too, though. I'm saying it's a noble type of sausage to be all just mush inside. <laughs> yes, I suppose that's fair. Um, but anyway, I'm very excited. I haven't actually used the grinder yet, but I'm gonna go make breadcrumbs with it as soon as this is done. Right. Cool. And then I'm gonna get my pork shoulder out of the freezer and chop it up. Love Jen good. really Jen keeps on saying that we need to use it for cannibalism at some point because she likes Sweeney Todd so much, but you know, we'll see if we get there. We'll see how long this lockdown lasts. Uh, I mean I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I mean if you're gonna eat a human, then yeah, probably grinding them up in a meat grinder is the way to go, right? <sighs> Yeah. Guys, if you had the opportunity to eat ethically sourced human meat, would you try it? Yes. Sourced. Define ethically sourced, please. Like, let's say- Have you ever heard of Burke and Hare? <laughs> <laughs> what? I said, have you ever heard of Burke and Hare? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I, let's say, uh, because of physical trauma, your leg needs to be, uh, amputated. Oh, there's that guy who did that. Mm. Have you did he? No, I yeah, haven't. Um, I read about it online. Maybe it was on Reddit, but uh, a young man, he was like 21, uh, his foot got destroyed in a motorcycle accident and they couldn't fix all the uh, blood vessels and stuff. So they had to amputate it and they gave it to him and he had a dinner party and he served everyone. Mm, and then he revealed, actually, <laughs> uh, the name of this party was a cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a great twist. <laughs> My god. What if what if that happened and then this motorcycle boy got hornier than he's ever been? <laughs> oh no. His own flesh. He got a taste or for human flesh. Friend, no, watching his friends eat his own flesh. Yeah. Guys, the, the only way I can take, I the only way I could finish is for you all to finish me. <laughs> Uh, that seems pretty crazy. I don't think I can handle that situation. 
but mm-hmm. yeah, I'd try some human meat, sure. I would taste it, probably, but also I feel like I don't trust someone who's trying to serve me human meat to tell me that it's ethically sourced. Yeah, it would have to be someone who I already trust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, like, uh, amputation situation, you know. Yeah. Uh, Uh, is it time for that wiki? Yes, it (laughs) is. yeah. (laughs) Alright. So we got, this time, the Duel Masters wiki. Oh, yeah! (laughs) This is an anime and probably manga franchise that is, um, kind of two layers removed from being a Pokemon ripoff in that (laughs) it is a Yu-Gi-Oh ripoff. And we've already done the Yu-Gi-Oh! wiki, so I feel like we have a pretty deep understanding of that. Have we? Yes. (laughs) What do you know? Uh, um, (laughs) The background here, it's cut off in such a way that it just looked like uh, dynamic action panels from like a manga, but I can't really see Uh, any faces. So I'm seeing on the left a man wearing um, armor that looks sort of like... Arthurian legend style armor, but it has a faceplate like a samurai would. Okay. Uh, and he's holding two swords. One is green and kind of looks, has like a plant pattern on it, and one is red and has a fire pattern on it. He looks very cool. Oh, yeah. I was seeing him as well until I went back to the tab, and now my background's just gray. Yeah. Uh, and then on the right side, I'm seeing some kind of very angry water dog. Okay. Sounds pretty good. Oh yeah, there's like it, there's like one of those fan arts of uh, Pokemon where they draw them like real animals. It's like that, but Vaporeon. Imagine. <laughs> okay. Yes, there you go. <laughs> um, all right, uh, welcome to the Duel Masters Wiki. Uh, do you know the new races and abilities found in the Ten Kings block? I do not. I, I do not oh either. But those God, are, are you? It, does it, is this still a going concern? The Duel I mean, Masters. This message could have been put on this wiki three years ago. <laughs> That's true. Guys. This new block, Ten Kings, came out on March 14th of this year. Yeah. The Duel Masters wiki aims to list every English and Japanese card, as well as each tip, trivia, gallery, ruling, and deck type associated with the Duel Masters trading card game. We strive to have information on all eras of Duel Masters, past and present. We also include information on anime, books, comics, manga, novels... No, sorry. <laughs> I read a word that wasn't there. Manga, movies, toys, and merchandise and video games. So they don't cover the novelizations of <laughs> Duel Masters? Yeah, I guess not, huh? No. Um, oh, wow. So this is primarily a card game like Yu-Gi-Oh, but it has other entertainments associated with it like Yu-Gi-Oh. Is that what I'm getting? Yes. Okay. Yes. This is this seems to be like y- Yu-Gi-Oh, but simplified? Question mark. Hmm, okay. I think that the uh, game that they play in Yu-Gi-Oh is called Dual Monsters. Um, okay. which is so close to the name of this one. Yeah. Yes. Maybe Something. there's a card in this one called Dual Monsters, where you get two monsters. That would be a good gag. <laughs> that would be a good joke for them to do. Yeah. Something I really don't like is affiliated wikis. It says, Dual Masters plays wiki, but plays has an apostrophe in it? What? Uh, maybe what Dual Masters mean? play is like a company, and this is their wiki. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. <laughs> hey, so... Uh, it's pretty fucked up that in fantasy and shit, we still refer to these things as races, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little strange. I was thinking about this when I was trying to explain character creation in Dungeons and Dragons to people who'd never played it, and I was like, first you have to pick your race. No, wait, let me explain. (laughs) That sounds very bad. Yeah, I think in Pathfinder 2, they changed that to Heritage. 
Couldn't mm. it just be species? I mean, they're yeah. not different races. They're com- they're different beings. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Starfinder. It might be species. I, I haven't checked in a while. But in a lot of fantasy worlds, you could be um, your parents could be from different species. Which, in the definition of the word species, that can't be true, right? No, that's wait. No, because mules. Yeah, because they're not I th- different species, though, are they? I I donkeys they, I and think- horses are absolutely different species. Yes, species, I'm, though. I'm yes. pretty sure. <laughs> listen to me. Yeah, genus is the categorization of can interbreed. Species okay. is the way in which their traits like display as they grow. Okay, I thought it was down to species that was the difference. But if you say it's genus, I do believe it, you. Okay, I I do not believe that all uh, members of the same genus can interbreed because I don't think that uh, humans have ever successfully interbred with uh, other great apes. Hey, maybe you've never read a little autobiography called Tarzan. Ooh, Tarzan's <laughs> son, half Tarzan. <laughs> uh, genus is great apes is not a genus. Oh, Homo is the genus. Yeah, my bad. And and homos breed all the time. No, that's mm, nothing. <laughs> I think that's specifically not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, homo homonine homonine is that a hominids? Homo hominine. Huh. Is the uh family? See, yeah. this is where I get tripped up. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know that acronym that helped you get uh, from the uh, most vague to the most specific, and I don't remember it anymore. Uh, King- I know it's kingdom, phylum, cl- class, order, family, genus, species. I don't know what the thing is, the the way to remember it. Okay, yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> I just remember it, but not the, the way to do the remembering. Anyway, humans were a bad example because we're the only uh, extant species of our uh, genus. That yes, we know but- of... But, like, for instance, the genus of tigers and lions is both Felix or Feline or whatever, and they can interbreed. Mm. But then all dogs, all uh, domestic dogs are the same species. First of all, they definitely go to heaven. They all go to heaven, that's true. And they're all the same species. Yes. And they can interbreed. Yes. Wait, they can't? They can. Oh, yes. I, I mean, sometimes this topic. <laughs> sometimes uh, <laughs> members of a genus can't interbreed because of like size incompatibilities, but mm. genetically, I think they can. Interspecies breeding. I want to know more of than just ligers and mules. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So the pictures of the people who play these games look essentially just like Yu-Gi-Oh. They're kind of angry anime boys with ridiculous hair. Now, Louisa means the fictional characters who play these games, yeah. not the real humans in well, the real world who play these games. I wouldn't yeah, we count don't that because I haven't seen them. Yes. Yeah. These absolutely look like a, a parody from. Uh, from I don't know, like Mad TV. Of... This is like a Deviant Art page of your own OC characters <laughs> from Yu-Gi-Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, we have to make fun of this thing that's popular with kids that we don't know about. So here's <laughs> what we think it looks like. Yeah. Guys, there are too many card types in this game. Yeah, there are. I'm looking now because I obviously don't know how to play this game, but usually by scanning through sort of an explanation of the types of things that are in the game, you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the types of cards are creature, got it, spell, fine, cross gear, 
castle, cell, weapon, fortress, impulse, field, core, aura, and artifact. Yeah, I was kind of going into this thinking, I don't even know enough about Yu-Gi-Oh, but I was thinking all of these were the were on the same scale of, like, Pokemon, where it's like, this is a fire type and this is a water type. But I guess mm-hmm. these things are all more uh, m- medieval military strategy <laughs> things? Yes, it seems like... Part of the thing that's really fucking me up is that I did click on this link at the top that says, like, do you know about the new races and abilities? Uh-huh. And the races that are listed here are Team Kirafuda, Team Bomber, Team Wave, Team Galaxy. So do they just hmm. not know what a race is? Because this seems like factions. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wonder. I'm getting Team Rocket vibes. <laughs> like, All right, yeah. here's people want to kidnap Pokemon. Although, have they ever explored in Pokemon whether Team Rocket are the same species as other humans in uh, that world? You're right. I have no idea. There's You've no way to cracked think. it. Um, <laughs> I clicked on creature, the card type, and okay. this this set of three sentences sounds so familiar to me. <laughs> Creatures are summoned into the battle zone by paying their mana cost. Got it. Basic thing about yes. card games. Mm-hmm. They can attack your opponent's creatures. You're gonna get all that crisp, white crystal stuff, though. Am I right, <laughs> Louisa? Yeah. yeah, from heaven, I guess? No yeah. Are we knows. talking about that on the show? Yes. Oh my Oh my gosh, what is there? Hold on. You keep going, Jeff. I'm going to look up right. whether there is an evangelical Christian trading card game. An Evangelion Christian <laughs> trading card game. <laughs> uh, they can attack your opponent's creatures, shields, or the opponent himself. Sure. Breaking all of your opponent's shields and then attacking the opponent is how you win the game. Yes. Cool. What is all the other stuff? (laughs) Guys, there is a game called Redemption, colon, The Lineage of Christ. Absolutely gonna, like, you need to buy it. I'm like you did with seriously versus. considering buying this trading card game. Lineage? Does that go in both directions? I thought that was just, like, uh, Descendants. Uh, because if it is Descendants, isn't that blasphemous? I don't know. For every $10 in your Redemption order, you earn a free random pack. Yeah, Redemption is the overall card game based on the Bible. I guess Lineage of Christ is just one of the expansions. <laughs> Maybe right. lineage is ancestry, though, because I'm not sure. Oh yeah, the lineage of Christ is the current. Um, this card game has been going since 1995. They're on the fourth edition. Yeah, it had to. It had oh, to come into Christ. existence when people, when weird uh, religious lunatics, their kids started to be <laughs> be interested in card games, and they needed something to give them instead. And it's going to keep being popular as long as card games are popular. It's literally someone after Magic became popular was like, "What if we used the Bible to make one of those?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's why I started looking for this because I was like, "Hey, it's got mana in there for sure." Somebody was like, "You want to learn about mana?" I'll teach you about the real, the only mana that matters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the real secret of mana is that we don't know what it is or how it happened. <laughs> the real secret of mana is that Jesus gives it to you, and that's yeah. the only way to get it. You can't tap any land, only Jesus can tap land. See, this is yeah. the thing about capitalism. Like, these religious card games, nobody wanted to make them, nobody wants to have them, but because people want to buy them, they can exist. I mean, I want to have them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, but the kids... Yeah, I want to play this game. The kids yeah, who are too. asking for Yu-Gi-Oh cards for Christmas and getting those instead, they definitely don't want them. Correct. <laughs> and they're the ones who are keeping the business alive. 
So I can Doom... only figure out how to buy booster packs. I want to buy a starter deck. <sighs> Redemption. <laughs> Redemption Doom... is too good of a name because that sounds like it could be anything. Yes, that's true. Like, uh, are there Faith five of... animes called Redemption? Probably. Probably. Why are there only booster packs on this page? There's a starter deck on Amazon for uh, fourth edition. Mm, I don't want to support Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I only want to support these extreme Christian radical nutbags. Literally the only thing when I searched Redemption TCG that showed up is that card game and a bunch of magic cards and some other card games. (laughs) There's like one deck of the actual Redemption cards and everything else is other stuff. Um... I was going to say, what if if we and our fan base got extremely into Redemption, the trading card game, but only ironically? No, unironically. No, I don't (laughs) like it. I don't like it on any level. Uh, um, so I got a random page. Are we into that yet, or are we still going to I'm still it? looking at the redemption okay. card game, no. guys. I had it. a non-random page, uh, okay. which also complicates matters further. I clicked through, there is a page for summoning sickness, uh, which is a <laughs> thing that happens in Magic the Gathering as an excuse for why your creatures can't attack the same turn that you summon them. Oh, you get too weak? That's, that is a common rule in every trading card game I've ever played. Um, and I think it's quite interesting that I guess the idea is that they don't want you to wait and then play your like 20 strength card to kill your, your opponent when they can't prepare for it. Yeah. And I've never heard it called summoning sickness in another game either. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that um, is just straight lifting. <laughs> yeah. The Japanese name is Shokan Yoi. So I don't know what that translates to, literally. I really like, I see um, people on social media sometimes, like, making their own Magic the Gathering cards, if they're really into that. And I really like how people think about the mechanics of what you want a card to do, and then come up with an interesting story for why this creature or land or whatever would have that, and that's really cool. I like that a lot. So, when I was a teen nerd, before I became the fully grown adult nerd I am today, I subscribed to the Magic the Gathering magazine. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and they had articles where they talked about a bunch of, of things to do with Magic the Gathering, but one of it was um, people talking about how they design cards, and there were two different approaches. There were some people who'd be like, oh, it would be very cool if we had a vampire queen. Let's figure out what a vampire queen would do and come mm-hmm. up with rules around it. And then they had a computer program that would figure out holes in strategies in the game and be like, you need to come up with a card that makes it so that you can, like, gain health by attacking an enemy. Mm. Like, now come up with the fantasy bullshit around that mechanic. (laughs) And then they'd be like, okay, we'll make a vampire queen. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, I love that. It's like a writing prompt. Yeah, I would love... I That might be my dream job, is just some, like, I never have to interact with a person, but just every day a, a, a thing appears on my computer screen that says, like, come up with a fantasy justification for a card that swaps its health and strength every round. <laughs> yeah, that'd be um, awesome. So, I update on the term Shokan Yoi, um, which mm-hmm. Dual Masters translated as Summoning Sickness. It translates into English, according to Google, as Summon Sickness, um, <laughs> and it is the exact same term that is used for Summoning Sickness in Magic the Gathering in Japan. 
pretty good. So, yeah, they just took it. They were yep. just like, oh, yeah, can't, good you can't job. Copyright the rules to a game or words, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't trademark uh, terms. They have a rule in here called Pikachu, also. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't download a card. Yes, uh, I you, would. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> steal a car. Oh, man. I'm referencing... God damn you guys. Yes, I know. <laughs> You're okay. referencing Family Guy. No, I'm not. The uh, thing about computer... Um, yes. Uh, pirating. Yes, yes, I know. I was yes. adding on to your joke. Jeff was just saying nonsense. Yes, Jeff was saying nonsense. No, no, no. <laughs> the you wouldn't download a car was not an actual PSA. It's... Re- oh, I don't want to get into it, but it's related to one that is almost the same thing. You wouldn't steal a car, is yeah, the that's actual what, That's one. the yeah. thing I said to add on to Louise's joke. Yeah, but I was going with the meme so that you guys would get it faster and it didn't work. It did! I got it! I did okay. add on to it! God I got it. it! I got it! I'm just making sure that you know. <laughs> I'm just making sure that you got it. You, the person who made the joke. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Uh, so I got a random card. <laughs> okay. It actually is oh, a card. Oh, it's a card? Yeah. Uh, it's the card Necro Dragon Purple Rumble. Oh, I love this. This is so extremely awesome. And yeah, that's a really good name. no information about it. Because <laughs> this yep, is just the gallery page for it. There is a page for it, but it doesn't have a... Oh, wait. Does, can I click on C- this? It's Civilization is Darkness, um, so that's cool right there. Yes. It's a creature. Ooh, the race is Zombie Dragon. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, sure. There's a lot of stuff in Japanese that has not been translated to English. So is can they crossbreed? English language version of this game, or is it all in Japanese? <laughs> it, there might not be any more. Well, yeah, I think- I, Every card I've seen has been in Japanese. Sorry, go on. On the front page, it said that they were going to cover all the English and all the Japanese sets, so I guess some of it is only in Japan. I I imagine there's just a ton of Japanese stuff that isn't in English, so most, like, just when you click random, you're much more likely to get a Japanese one. Although this does have an English translation for, it says English text, Double Breaker. That's pretty good. Which, again, is very cool. I don't know what it means, but it's cool. Yeah, uh, it's on like tricks twice. I clicked on trivia for this card, and it says it has no relation with another creature with Rumble in its name. Mm, so trivia for you there. Yeah. If you see something else called Rumble, and you're like, "Is this related?" It is not. So the last time that Duel Masters was uh, printed in English was 2006. Okay. Okay. This all tracks. <laughs> I can't believe anyone would want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, I think that the cards are extremely cool, but it seems like, for instance, this card that you just put up, the Necro Dragon Purple Rumble, the number in the lower left corner is 7,000. Yeah. And I don't know what that means. You hate very much. Mm hmm. Which is. Arbitrarily high numbers. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's the thing I was thinking about this in relation to currency, and I wonder if Japanese culture is more interested in, like, hugely inflated numbers because yen is such a undervalued currency, where, like, it costs mm-hmm. a million yen to buy, like, a, 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 a 
sandwich for lunch or whatever. Yeah, because yen is equivalent is more equivalent to a cent than it uh, than anything else. Exactly, um, but they don't have a. They don't have the equivalent of a dollar. Exactly, and so I wonder if that is why so many like Final Fantasy has moved that way. Um, and you know, card games from Japan often have this where it's like, or like Dragon Ball Z, where it's like, oh, his power is eleven billion, and you're like, what the fuck? Like that number is so big, it's completely meaningless. But I wonder if people who grew up in a culture with yen are more able to grasp numbers of that size? I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. I think you might be onto something, because I'm thinking about Final Fantasy, how it was always a four-digit number for, like, an attack that you yes. do, which is quite different from a lot of other games that you see. I'm always having to remember when I play video games and I go to buy an item, I'm like, um, oh, geez, why does this cost 7,000 video dollars? Oh, yes. no, hold on. It's definitely based on yen, so it's actually only, like, 70 bucks. It's especially <laughs> freaky when I'm playing Persona 5, which I'm still playing because that game fucking rules. <laughs> and, and because it's 1,000 hours long, so correct. you can never stop or your blood will stop flowing and you'll die. <laughs> it's true. Um, but it's set in the real world, and so I'm going around and someone's like, oh, you want to buy a TV for your room? Okay, that'll be 11 thousand yen and i'm like fuck where am i gonna get eleven thousand oh wait i already have a hundred and fifty thousand yen like i don't even know that i did that i don't know how that happened yeah it's like a week's pay yeah i like someone figured out that um in the game animal crossing the money is bells and then you can buy a special um animal crossing version of the nintendo switch within the game which is a real thing of course that you can buy so they use that to figure out bells to dollars and found out that a scorpion is worth like 48 bucks <laughs> which is nice. pretty good yeah 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 it's uh it's like close to yen but not quite yeah, exactly. but also but also some stuff is like hey your house only costs like five thousand dollars <laughs> yeah, well i've seen that house it's a pretty <laughs> shitty house yeah, yeah that's the first you, one, yeah. you know <laughs> my basement is costing me two million which is uh why you should never build a house and then dig the basement later because yes, that's, that's where the true. costs come in <laughs> yeah if, especially if you want it done overnight by some <laughs> raccoons <laughs> Do you guys um, do the very common middle-aged person pastime of looking on Zillow at houses that you could probably never afford? I try not to. I I do the cool millennial pastime of looking at houses on Zillow that have completely insane layouts. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun too. That is very good. Um, but yeah, whenever I look at houses on Zillow, I'm always halfway between astonished that things cost so much, and they have a section that's like monthly expense. Like, if you owned this house, here's how much you'd have to pay every month to pay the mortgage. And it's always less than my rent, even for houses that are like $500,000 to buy. I'm like, it would be cheaper for me to own this house than to live in my apartment? (laughs) Uh, that's that can't be you, right. Though. Yeah, but then, like, they're not adding in utilities, which an apartment might add in, so stuff like that. I mean, my apartment certainly doesn't. Well, yes, I know, but there. what I'm saying is there are things that you don't think about initially that are the hidden costs. I mean, that's true. I think a $500,000 place would probably be more expensive, but even, like, what I would consider a mansion, I mean, I guess it's only, like, a four-bedroom house or whatever, but, like, a big house that costs $200,000 or whatever would cost me $700 less a month to, to live in. Mm-hmm. Time to become a homeowner. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> 
Uh, so I got a random page, and it's also a card, and its name is Essence Elf. Mm, oh. uh, its name in Japanese is Love Elfin. This is not the picture I expected. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, the picture just looks like a bunch of vines as if they were drawn in, like, a 90s edgy comic book. Like, yeah, it kind of uh, looks like if, if Spawn yeah. was a butterfly man. <laughs> yeah. Like, po- Poison Ivy crossed with Spawn wearing, like, a spiky wig, but there's no discernible face in there. Yeah. Yeah. So these tree folks seem pretty scary. I mean, it's it's good. It's evocative. Like, I don't want to fight this thing. This flavor yeah. text makes it make less sense <laughs> than just looking at the picture. Uh, when the silver beards fell, mystical elves came to rescue them. These okay. are the rescuers? <laughs> No, the rescuers are like those little rats. Oh, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just Bianca a pilot twins. And Bianca <laughs> and what was the other one? Maurice? I don't uh, remember. I don't remember. Uh, I remember his little flat cap. I don't yeah, remember he his was name. great. Ber- Bernard? Bernard. Maybe. Definitely Bernard. Okay. Is that how it's pronounced? Not Bernard? He's English, uh, though. Yeah, he's English, so it's mm. Bernard. And he's voiced by Bob Newhart. How is he English? Bianca is... Uh, Ava Gabor. Gabor. Yes! One of the Ava Gabor. Ava Gabor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. Joshua Gabor never contributed anything to society. <laughs> yeah, Why freaking was it, got her. Hold on. I don't remember enough to know what he sounded like. I'm sure he didn't bother trying to do an English accent, but wasn't the first one said in England? Am I insane? I feel like the concept of it was they were both international agents that were employed by the British mouse government to rescue oh, no. people. Okay. Uh, which I guess makes sense, but the only reason I'm thinking Bernard is because the only person that ever said his name regularly was Ava Gabor, and that's how she pronounced it. Uh, so they get recruited by an international mouse organization in New York City. (laughs) When do they go to the Australian Outback? Uh, that's the Rescuers Down Under, the yeah. sequel. With the giant eagle that, that boy rides on. Because <laughs> there's just giant eagles in Australia. Yeah. Oh, right. This one finishes out in the bayou. I forgot. Yes, that's right. Of oh, course. yeah, there's those terrifying alligators. You know what I'm doing? I'm getting this mixed up with the Great Mouse Detective in my head. Mm, mm-hmm. oh, man, the Great Mouse are Detective is pretty good, too. In- Wait, are the bad guys in the Rescuers just humans? Yes. I think so. There's yes. like that crazy looking lady. Yes, and she's got an orphan girl who she's like mean to. Yes, yes. that's right. They save human children. What the fuck? Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's a real, uh, it's like two mice for some reason got dropped into this little orphan Annie story. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're a kidnapper, that's where you least expect help to come from, is the mice. Oh, man. I watched this uh, movie a lot when I was a child, and one of the screenshots on the Wikipedia is the girl prying a gem out of a skull with a sword, (gasps) and it's giving me, like, visceral flashbacks. (laughs) Yes. Like, yes, I remember this! Ah! Uh, I think it's because the little girl's name has the same name as my mom is probably one of the reasons why we owned it. <laughs> I remember in The Rescuers Down Under, there's they are like in the middle of a... Or no, it's in the first Rescuers. They're in the middle of a swamp and there's tons of very scary alligators. And I remember watching the, that movie and then like the next day watching the episode of Batman the animated series where there's a bunch of orphans being kept prisoner in the sewers because a guy has an army of alligators (laughs) and being fucking terrified of alligators for years. Reasonable. Uh, The Rescuers Down Under features Ava Ava Gabor in her final film role. Okay, I got a ring. Oh, are we done talking about Essence Elves? 
Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about it. Illustrator A.E.G. Kaneda. Cool. Uh, I got a random page, and it is baffling. <laughs> it is Karamatsu, Sharp Pain, Second Son. Which is perhaps the coolest name of any card that we would encounter clicking randomly. <laughs> and yet, the picture... <laughs> and yet... Uh, it looks like maybe like a Hey Arnold character. <laughs> I was gonna say it looks like a Steven Universe character. <laughs> yes, 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 that's exactly right. Ah, jeez, I was thinking it looks like he hangs out with a Doraemon, the, like that big cat creature in anime. Sure, I don't know anything about know that, that, but the character. You'd know him if you saw him. Okay, well, yes. anyway, no, yes, it, the art style is evocative of like a Steven Universe or... I don't know, maybe like a Phineas and Ferb or Gravity Falls type of thing. Yeah, it's very American-esque. Yes. Uh, this is a tween, I assume, uh, based on body proportions, but who knows, uh, wearing a blue jacket underneath it, which is a t-shirt with a water drop symbol on it. His hair is made out of sea waves, <laughs> like mm-hmm. foam on top of sea waves. And it's a yeah. <laughs> and it's a mullet, but also with, like, one of those, like, sprouty top parts coming out of the middle of his head. He's like, got a cartoon boy cowlick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's wearing extremely two small sunglasses that are, like, below his eyes and could not possibly cover his gigantic eyes. <laughs> he seems to have two Livestrong bracelets on, which is a whole thing. <laughs> He's wearing striped green and white board shorts and yellow Crocs. Yeah. Uh, and he also appears to be wearing a blazer with a t-shirt yeah. and his board shorts and Crocs. Yep. <laughs> it's This is a wild person. This is the coolest kid I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he also, I think, has a friend following him that is a floating, I assume, card. Oh, uh, I thought cell phone. <laughs> well... Yes, the, the the face on it looks like a cell, like digitized, like a cell phone would be. But he's in a card game, and he's it's got, the shape it's of got, a card. It's got two buttons on the side. If you click to look closer, hmm. um, this kid looks like if he appeared in the anime and was in an episode that was dubbed into English, he would absolutely have a thick Brooklyn accent. <laughs> Oh, really? I was thinking surfer bro accent. Oh, no, I'm imagining him as being, like, he's the weirdo, so he's got, like, an Osaka accent or something, but we don't know what that is, so they're but just, like... he's got so much surf vibe. Yeah, that's, it doesn't Matt, matter. you must know that really doesn't make a difference for uh, things that get dubbed into English from Japan. I mean, yeah. yes, fine. <laughs> if they like... seem American at all, they get a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> um... Okay, so the text on this this card mm-hmm. says, if you're wearing sunglasses, this creature can't be blocked. So this must be from, like, a joke set, right? I guess. Sure. That's wild, though. Also, his power is 1,000, which means that he is seven times weaker than a zombie dragon. I cannot figure out what the name of this card is supposed to mean in relation yes. to anything else about this card. Uh, I'm looking at the bottom, and it's part of a set called the uh, Six Suns, and each of them is a different uh, of these guys. So maybe Sharp Pain is a terrible uh, translation. It's supposed to be like he's a pain in the ass or like a ne'er-do-well. Well, maybe. so the, the names of them are Miracle Eldest Son, Sharp Pain Second Son, Nature Third Son, Jet Black Fourth Son, Spark fifth son and freedom youngest brother <laughs> uh freedom youngest brother is one of the ones who appears on the front page okay so i'm wondering if it seems like all of their names 
correspond to the, the like, element that they are. Okay. So maybe Sharp Pain should be, like, Tsunami Second Son or something, although that's already a Japanese word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I looked up... Sense. I looked up Karamatsu uh, Duel Masters and got nothing but this page from this wiki. <laughs> Great. So they all seem to be like different elementals, maybe. Is that what you had said, Matt? I got confused. Yes, that's what I said. So there's okay. fire, nature, darkness, uh, light, and freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. sharp pain. Freedom and sharp pain are confusing, for sure. Although sharp pain is very clearly water elemental, so... Yeah. I don't know. Huh. <sighs> Okay, this is a this weird game, one. <laughs> this game seems too complicated to parse. So no, I like it again now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, these these six boys are very cool. <laughs> I really right. like Sparkle Fifth Son, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he looks like a Dragon Quest hero. Yeah, he does. So, so this youngest brother, I cl- I clicked on the one on the main page. It seems like he just looks like him, but he's not actually him. It's uh, uh, too deep for me. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, the character's name seems to be Joe Kirifuda, um, which is not, uh, Totomatsu, <laughs> Freedom Youngest Brother. Alright, good. What does that mean? What do you- in what way is the character's name that? I'm looking at this card, all I can see is- No, I looked- ba- I went back to the main page and I clicked on the kid that looks just like that card. Oh, uh, well maybe they're just badly drawn. Yeah, but, like, he has three sprigs of yellow hair on the front of his head with a D also made of hair. Like, that that can't just be a common stylistic element of this franchise. <laughs> I have no way of knowing. <laughs> yeah, uh, agreed. I will say the text on this freedom card just says cuteness plus one, so what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh my god. Whenever this creature attacks, you may say muscle muscle hustle hustle. <laughs> If you do, okay. choose one of your opponent's creatures in the battle zone and tap it. See, I can say that at any time. No one can stop mm. me. It's true. No one would try. <laughs> uh, after this creature attacks, destroy this creature if there are no cats at this venue. These cards okay. are... I like the rules on these cards, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, these feel like the... What was the joke sets of Magic the Gathering? Oh, I forget what they're un- called. Leashed. Unraveled, unleashed, something like that. Yeah, uh, those were always fun because it was like, if it's your birthday, you do five thousand damage, and if it's not, you have to uh, stand up and spin around. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're good. done with this. Yeah, we are. Um, so, thanks everyone for listening. Um, I'm going to try to not get into this Christian trading card. <laughs> uh oh. I I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. already forgot what it was called, which doesn't help. Is redemption. it redemption? No, don't yeah. tell him. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I want I want this to happen. I mean, like, it would be so funny to have a deck of redemption trading cards. Anyway, yeah, would it? what if I got, like, the most valuable one? <laughs> the Black Lotus of, uh... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got the devil. <laughs> what is yeah. this mean, you guys? They only printed one hollow Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, deck A and B is free shipping ni- uh, nine ninety nine on eBay for two decks. Yeah, holy shit! <laughs> no, don't pre owned though. Jeff is the devil on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, you uh, the deck. devil card in your library. <laughs> yep, you're my tr- devil trap card. 
Ah. <laughs> All right. I've been activated. Uh, so everyone, uh, please go and play Dual Masters, I guess. <laughs> and okay. also, uh, please listen to our show some more, because we like it when you do. And we also like it Thank when you. you review our show and rate it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts and tell your friends about it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter, at HackTheNetPod. And if you message us on social media, you can join our Discord and talk to us directly. Uh, I'm on social media. I'm on Mastodon, at MattHeron, at Mastodon.cloud. Um, I'm also on Mastodon, Mastodon.cloud, slash, at JK, Snapchat and Instagram, at JeffJK. And, um, if you want to get in our Discord, you have to message one of us. I said that already. secret. I said that. <laughs> Never mind, then. <laughs> Everyone's too distracted by these damn cards. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> do you want to do anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming out. Please come back next week. <laughs> but in the meantime, muscle, muscle, hustle, hustle. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> I was going to say that. You can. Don't read you the still comments. can. Wait, muscle, muscle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> muscle, muscle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now everyone has to tap all their creatures. <laughs> ah, got them. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. <laughs>